It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, and insider knowledge. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast, where we cover the Cougars for you as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Welcome on into a Wednesday edition of the show, the day before Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for joining me. On today's show, we're previewing a BYU basketball game against the Rice Owls, the former WAC rival for BYU. We'll discuss what they're coming to the Marriott Center with and the expectation is BYU wins this game but we'll break it down for you here in this first segment second segment we'll talk some BYU football some news and notes from practice yesterday got some interesting notes and I'll be passing along to you as well as an interview with BYU wide receiver Aleva Hifo had a chance to catch up with him good to speak with him had covered a lot of topics on the offense playing Utah etc you'll hear that in the second segment and then finally in the third segment We'll get you up to date on the other teams in Provo and where they're in action. A big-time upset for the women's volleyball team we need to talk about that took place last night as well. So that's the show for today. We are brought to you by our title sponsor on today's show, All Guard Pest Control and Termite Extermination. We'll tell you about them here in a moment. Also brought to you today by Sling TV, and we'll tell you about Sling a little bit later on. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for November 21st, 2018. Three-point shot revolution. It's how the NBA game is kind of evolving. Is it filtering down to this level in your opinion? No, there's 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 no question. There, there's no question, and uh, it's just it's simple math. You know, three counts more than two, and so you know your really good teams uh, they've they've got to they've got to be able to knock that shot down. And you look at going over last year, and really that's what their team was about at the end of the day was the three-point shot. Yeah, sure. And and you know we have uh, a real advantage in that we have we have Yoli Childs, you know, and so we we have an inside outside threat, and uh, we feel like we can go down the block when we need to, um, but we also feel like we have some good shooters on the perimeter. There you go. That is BYU assistant coach Quincy Lewis talking about the influence of three-pointers and how they've influenced college basketball filtering down from the NBA where it seems to have revolutionized the game. He acknowledges the fact that, yes, it has affected the college game. And he says it's simple math, as you heard him say. Three is worth more than two. Uh, The Houston Rockets have been the most, I guess, outspoken about this where their entire offense is predicated on taking threes or going to the hoop, getting twos at the hoop. They're mid-range game is essentially non-existent in Houston. Uh, I saw some jokes that um, Carmelo Anthony, when he apologized early this season for taking an 18-foot jumper, he literally turned around and apologized to the Houston Rockets coaching staff and some saying that that was the impetus for him leaving the team just a few games later, 10 games into his tenure with the Rockets. It's over for Carmelo Anthony. Three-pointers have revolutionized the game and BYU 
Uh, kind of broke out of the slump I had been worried about early on this season with their win over Alabama A&M on Saturday. They're back in action tonight as they host the Rice Owls at the Marriott Center at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Game will be televised on BYU TV. The Owls come to the Marriott Center with a record of 3-2 and two on the season. Scott Perra is their head coach. He's in his second year. He's got a 10-26 and 26 overall record. Really a rebuilding effort there for Rice. They'll be coming to Provo with a lot of confidence. They've been playing as part of this Men Against Breast Cancer Cup Cougar Cup series. Got to get that name right. Um, and they've played three of the opponents that BYU will play. BYU will finish off action in this series against Houston on Saturday. So Rice uh, beat Alabama A&M 73-59 in their first game of the Cup Series. They lost at Houston 79-68. And then in their most recent game, they beat Northwestern State 102-74. BYU dispatched both Northwestern State and Alabama A&M previously pretty easily. But in that game against Houston... uh, the Rice struggled 79-68 their lowest output in terms of points on the season was 68 so they, they come into this game with some confidence they put up 102 points and it went over Northwestern State so they can score that's the one thing Rice can do the defense on the other hand has been an issue because in their losses they allowed Penn in their second game of the year their first loss to put up 92 points on them Alabama A&M had the lowest output in terms of an opponent this year which is 59 points So they have issues on the defensive end, but they can score. So will they come in here and expect to run with BYU? I wouldn't recommend it because at elevation and the way BYU can play and BYU's newfound confidence from three could really, really change some things for what uh, Rice is going to do in this game. They're going to come in expecting to put up points, but... I would recommend if I if I'm a nobody. Scott Perra is not listening to this podcast. I would guess, but if I were him, I would try and come in and limit possessions versus uh, going out and trying to run with the Cougars. I uh, heard from Quincy Lewis that three pointers are a big part of BYU's offense. We've seen them take a lot. It's a high volume this year. It's going to continue to be that way for the Cougars going forward this season, and for good reason. They've got players that uh, th- that's what they like to play as. T.J. Haas spoke to the media yesterday and he was asked, okay, what's what's better about this offense this year? More up-tempo, fast-paced versus the slow-it-down half-core sets from last year. He said, this is what I was recruited to play. I don't like playing slow. I like playing fast, getting shots up. Okay, I, it's a very entertaining style. Let's not get that wrong. But you also have to have the effort on the defensive side of the ball. And I think for the most part, BYU's put in a pretty good effort this season on the defensive side. A couple of notes for you on BYU in terms of what they're doing right now that are kind of standing out is Jolie Childs has five straight double-doubles. Uh, well, it's actually a six. He has a six straight going, reaching back to last season, but five to start this season after an 18.12 rebound effort against Alabama A&M. Uh, it's the tied for the fifth longest double-double streak in BYU history. And as of 11-17-18, so late last week, he actually was leading the nation in double doubles, total rebounds, and was third in rebounds per game. So Yoli Childs is off to a phenomenal start for the Cougars. I just mentioned TJ Hawes. He has led BYU in assists in all five games this season. He's dished out at least four assists in each game, averaging five on the season. 
And I've really been impressed with what TJ's doing. Uh, Quincy Lewis yesterday talked a little bit about how this offense essentially has two point guards on the floor when Jasheer Hardnett and TJ Hawes are on the floor, and they, they've thrived together for the most part. Uh, TJ mentioned that he likes the ability of having another guy who can handle the ball and push it up the floor. It allows him to not have to, I guess, stress nearly as much in terms of having to worry about ball control because you have, like... Like Coach Lewis said, BYU has two guys who handle the ball. They can play inside-out. Uh, Coach Lewis said that Yoli Child's ability to play inside-out, shoot from the outside, but also go down on the block, really helps BYU with this newfound offense where they're going to go gunning in from three and play outside-in at points, but he feels like they also can play inside-out, and that's going to be important. Uh, Rice, like I mentioned, comes into this game tonight. The roster... Not too bad. You look at it and you say, okay, it's pretty standard. The tallest guy on the roster listed is six foot nine, which is kind of standard for college football these days, I feel like. And Quentin Melora Brown is their leading scorer in their most recent game, had 21 points. He's a forward, six foot nine, 205 pounds. He's a freshman from Lorton, Virginia. So keep an eye on him. He's going to be a guy that's going to come in here with some confidence because, like I said, he's coming off a 21 point outing last game. Akko Adams is their leading scorer on the season with 14.8 points per game. Uh, Three other players averaging 10 points a game. Robert Martin, Jack Williams, and Josh Paris. Uh, Josh Parrish, excuse me, and then Quentin Melora Brown, the freshman, had that breakout performance with that 21-point performance in the win over Northwestern State. So Rice will be coming in with confidence. I would expect that BYU should handle them. I've mentioned before on the podcast, I feel like BYU should be 6-1 and one before they head back out on the road next week against Illinois State. That would include wins tonight and Saturday night over both Rice and Houston, but we'll see how it goes. I expected that the women's volleyball team would be undefeated, and last night they went down in straight sets. Crazy things happen in sports. That's why we watch them. It's the only reality show I'll ever need. I've told multiple people that over the years, and We'll see how it shakes out tonight. So there you go. Breakdown of the game tonight. Rice Owls coming to town to face BYU basketball. 7 o'clock Mountain Time at the Marriott Center. Go out and enjoy some pre-Thanksgiving basketball at the Marriott Center. But if you can't make it out, catch it on BYU TV. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler will have the call for you there. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back, talk some BYU football. Also play an interview with Aleva Hifo in the next segment. Before we do that, do want to tell you about today's title sponsor on the show, and that is our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They are here to make sure all of your pest control issues are solved and they never come back. A singular focus for this company, they don't do other things. They do simply pest control. I've met with Seth, the owner. He's a big-time BYU fan, and he is here to make sure all your pest control issues are handled in a timely and orderly manner. It, right now, spiders and mice with the cold weather setting in, winter on its way. If it's not already here, it feels like it outside. They're going to be working their way inside your home. So if you want to make sure that you don't have any of those issues, avoid any potential kids getting bit by a spider, etc., you can have All Guard Pest Control come out and treat your home, and they'll take care of it. And the best part is they'll come out one time if that's all you want. You want a one-time visit, they'll do it for you. If you'd like them to come out quarterly where they come out every three months, get you treated for year-round protection, they'll also do that for you. So give them a call. All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Located here along the Wasatch Front, treating all the Wasatch Front, Utah, Salt Lake Counties, Wasatch County, even up into Davis and Weber Counties. Give them a call, 801 851 That's all guard pest control.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. You are locked on Cougars, and we are your daily source for all things BYU, available on all major podcast platforms. Pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast on a podcatcher, we can be found. Check us out, Locked on Cougars. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. You can also tell your smart speakers, play podcasts, Locked on Cougars, and find us there. Let's talk some BYU football rivalry week in full swing. Getting ready for BYU in Utah this Saturday night at Rice Eccles Stadium. Weather's supposed to be pretty nasty based on their forecast currently. We'll see how it shakes out. Utah is a crazy state when it comes to weather, and it can change its mind simply in a matter of hours, it seems like. But the the good news is BYU is in getting ready. They're confident. We had a chance to go out and talk to the players yesterday and some of the coaches, and they said they're, they're ready for it. Zach Wilson, I asked him the question yesterday, are you ready for the raucous environment that Rice Eccles Stadium will bring? And he said, yeah, I thrive on it. He said, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited for it. Wanted to bring you some insider knowledge here on terms of guys who are banged up or trying to work their way back from injury for this game. And the most surprising one is coming from one of my sources down there in Provo is that Corbin Kafusi, he had been expected to be out for the season, was spotted practicing yesterday. This is information you won't get anywhere else. This is what this podcast does. It brings you information that you will not find anywhere else. Corbin Kafusi was attempting to practice yesterday, trying to play with his injury lower extremity. It's a foot slash ankle injury. Uh, The word was that he was going to be out for the season, needed to undergo surgery to get himself ready for the NFL Combine. But I am being told that he is battling through this, hopeful that he can go out and play in this game, his final regular season game as a Cougar, play against arch-rival Utah, and hopefully help his team win the game. I'm not sure if he'll actually be able to be cleared to play, but he is battling through an injury that could potentially impact his career when it comes to making money at the next level. And my hat goes off to him for being willing to do that. He's a team guy. He always has been a team guy. But I'm also worried that he is making a rash decision in terms of his the near-term gain versus long-term future. Does that make sense, hopefully? If he is able to play and the doctors clear him to play and they feel like, okay, you can't do any worse damage, you can still do this surgery after this game against Utah, then great, I'll sign off on it. They're, they're doctors. They're paid big bucks to make these decisions. But when it's told to the media that he is out for the year and all of a sudden he's back out there practicing, it makes me wonder if he is just kind of trying to grit through it. The coaches have said that he's been battling multiple things. We've seen him with that elbow brace, which means he's been dealing with something since about mid-season with that elbow brace on his elbow. 
he is a team-first guy, and hats off to him. And if he's able to play, that would be a big-time benefit for BYU. Some other notes for you is the running back position. Currently got a few guys that are banged up. Uh, there was a the, So Bradley Burt, a guy that BYU fans, I think, and myself, I wonder at times why he's not utilized more, was in a green non-contact jersey yesterday during practice. That means he was non-contact. I would guess that would probably put him as questionable for the game this week. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, Squally Canada in the concussion protocol once again and not expected to play this week, barring his being able to be cleared here in the next two days, roughly. If he doesn't pass concussion protocol, he will not play Saturday night. So that thins a running back group that's already pretty thin. That would leave you with Matt Hadley, Lopini Katoa, and potentially Braden Elbakri, but Elbakri wasn't at practice yesterday. At least I didn't see him, and I was told that he wasn't at practice. That could be simply as much as him needing to go take a test, etc., but in terms of a rivalry week, you would think that he would be getting out there and getting ready to go. So this running back group could be very thin. That would leave Lopini Katoa, Matt Hadley, and then Tyler Algier, the preferred walk-on who had a big 44-yard run in the game against New Mexico State late in that game as the three main backs that BYU has available to them. Hopefully some of these guys are able to get back for this game, similar to what Corbin Kafusi is trying to battle through, but we'll keep you updated throughout the week. But just wanted to let you know that Corbin Kafusi is trying to get back on the field for this game. All right, let's get to it. I had a chance to catch up with Aleva Hifo, BYU wide receiver. He's been a great player for the Cougars, had a breakout season this year. He's been absolutely phenomenal in terms of running the fly sweep for the Cougars when they've utilized that heavy, especially early on in the season, to great effect. And I had a chance to talk to him about that, why he feels so comfortable doing it. You'll hear him talk about that. You'll hear him talk about his uh, pseudo brother. He says he's actually his second uncle, uh, Sione Takitaki, heading into season. Sione's final game, regular season game as a Cougar. You'll hear him talk about that as well and also give some thoughts. We start off with the rivalry, just overall, his thoughts on facing Utah. So here you go, Aleva Hifo with myself yesterday after practice. You're a kid from Southern California, but I know you grew up like being a BYU guy. Yeah. So what do you know about this rivalry? Uh, I understand that it goes way back, man. Uh, uh, I've seen a couple of the past games. I've seen a couple of the heated moments that's happened between them, and it's definitely not just another game. And that's that's something the coaches try to try to make for us, not just another game, but it's also a game that we both want to win. Uh, emotions are high, everything like that, and so it's gonna. That's what I understand about this game is is a diff, it's different. Uh, the atmosphere is definitely gonna be different. Both players are gonna be playing their hearts out. It's gonna be a fun game. You've been here for a couple of years now. You've played in a couple of these games. What's it like for you personally? Oh, I, I remember those games like like the back of my head, like there yesterday, my freshman year. I remember that game like the back of my head. Last year, I remember they came here and they beat us, and it's been crazy both times. Like I said, it's the environment in general, both teams, emotions high, and it's just it's just a game that you don't want to, that you, a game that you want to perform high in, just because of all the energy that's happening. What's the motivation factor with the seven-game losing streak, if at all? Uh, it's just. Of course, that's motivating and all, but for us, we can't do anything about the past. It's, it's us about coming out this Saturday. Of course, we want to change that, but us just playing us and trying to change that, of course. Uh, now you've had a little chance to look at Utah on film. What do you see from their defense? What do you expect on Saturday? They're solid all around, especially their box. And their DBs, they're really good. And they're not afraid to go man. They're not afraid to go one-on-one. They're going to dare you to throw the ball. And they're, and 
especially uh, looking at our, looking at us and our offense and the confidence level that they play with. They're going to dare us to throw the ball, and we have to live into the challenge. I wanted to ask you about the fly sweep. It's been part of this offense all year long. You as a wide receiver, did you ever play running back growing up at all or anything like that? Yeah, I, I, I played I played running back my whole life. That was probably my primary okay. that was probably my primary position. Uh, even at my high school, I played running back. I'd say I ran the ball more than I caught the ball. So does that so? Let me follow up to that. Is so running this fly sweep motion where you have to you take that ball and you got to yeah. turn up field. Is it, so does it feel pretty natural to you to do yeah, that? It feels pretty familiar. I know the last two years it hasn't been something that BYU's done, something that I haven't done. But I definitely have a like a memorization of running the ball and, and be able to fill space and to follow blockers. So it is a familiar feeling. Working with a guy like Dylan Colley, what's it like working with him in the slot? Oh, I say it all the time. He's an experience, and one thing about Dylan is he's smart. He's really smart. He knows how to read defenses, and he knows techniques that separates him from other receivers. And the knowledge that he brings to our room, it helps a lot. And it, it definitely, he, since he's been here, he's raved the competition level. You you came into this program, and you, you, they moved you around to different positions at one point, but now you're just kind of settling in the wide receiver spot. Do you feel like you've adapted well to that spot? And where, where do you th- feel you've m- improved most this year? Uh, I, I feel that I've improved most in the slot. And that's where I feel kind of more comfortable with a bit more space. I also need to work on with man press with a lot of the teams that are starting to man us up. But in the slot is where I feel a lot more comfortable and have been able to succeed a little more. What's it like working with Zach? It's good, man. Sometimes I forget that he just graduated high school. Cause he, on the field, he's definitely a leader, and we all we all know that. But off the field, he's a whole different kid, and and emphasize on kid. Okay. <laughs> well, Micah, we talked to him yesterday, Micah Simon, and he said I tell him sometimes he needs to get some more bass in his voice. Is that, is that something you guys kid him about being so young? Oh yeah, he definitely does need to because when he's back there, he does need to speak a little more bass and make sure that he's he's speaking with his chest. Sometimes, like I said, we just forget that he just graduated high school. I know you guys got the rivalry game this week, but how important was it for you guys to win that sixth game a week ago and get to bowl eligibility? Oh, it was big, especially for the players who experienced last season. I know we, don't, we try not to reflect on last season in general, but for those who were with us last season and understand not going to a bowl game, mm-hmm. it's it's huge for us. And it's for for whatever other people may see it as, for us, it's a big accomplishment for us to keep playing in December and to have a, basically a postseason game. It's big for us. This sense of redemption almost after what happened a year ago? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's a sense of redemption. And like I said, in terms of playing in the postseason, there's there's some games that we left out there. But in terms of just improving and moving forward from last season, it's definitely something to be excited about. Last couple of things here. With this game this week, Sione's going to be a senior, and he's playing in his final regular season game. You've described him as a brother. You said he grew up with you at one point. Is that right? Yes, me and Sione lived together for about five years. He lived with me throughout all high school. Okay. He's in terms, he's he's like a he's family relation. He's my second uncle, okay. but he's always been the older brother to me. And uh, yeah, I don't like when people remind me that it's like one of his last games because I'm definitely he's definitely going to be missed by me, the whole team, especially my family when he goes off to another area because he's in, he's he's family. Didn't want to bring up a sore spot, but I wanted to ask you, what's he like off the field? <laughs> off the field, he's definitely changed a lot. Uh, from from high school, I was with him in middle school too, and I remember when he got here two years before me, and I came to BYU, and how much he's changed off the field and the background, especially the background that he's come from. It's he's changed a lot, and for the better. And nothing wrong with with what happened with his past and all, but Shone's definitely he's became a man, and off the field he's definitely shown a lot, and he's just proves to be an example on and off the field. 
Okay, last thing I they do with everybody. If you take us back to your hometown, where's your favorite joint to eat? My hometown. Uh, sounds funny, but In-N-Out back in my hometown okay. is, a lot, is a lot different than In-N-Out out here. Uh, it really? It, it tastes a lot better than, <laughs> than the Utah In-N-Out. So, and that's, that's not to knock anything with Utah yeah. or anything, but I feel like in Manifee, California, the In-N-Out over there is... They make the burgers way different, a lot better, in my, in my opinion. All right, Aleva, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. There you go, Aleva Hifo. Thank him for taking the time to join me here on Locked on Cougars. He's a guy that says that the In-N-Out in Menifee, California is different than the In-N-Out in Utah. I've had some people tell me that are California natives, and my wife is a California native. She doesn't necessarily hold to this. She feels like In-N-Out's good regardless of where it's at, but I've heard other Californians say that In-N-Out is different in California. I would guess it's more of the kind of the hometown thing. They grew up with In-N-Out there in California and moved to Utah here in the last decade or so, and I, I can understand why that would uh, make them think that, but kind of funny to hear him say that in and out is different but once again thanks to Aleva Hifo for joining me on the show uh, great to catch up with that young man he's a he's a bright star and I'm excited to see what he can do next year as a senior because I think he's put himself firmly on NFL teams radars with his play this year uh getting you up to date real quick well we'll come back sorry we're gonna come back we'll talk about some of the other teams in Provo with quick hits Big time loss for the women's volleyball team. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about Sling TV. Sling TV is your best bet when you want to watch all the college sports, particularly college football. And if you're missing games, Sling TV is your best bet to find those games. For just $30 a month, you get the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. You can stream them all on your big screen and also take them with you via their mobile apps on your tablets and your phone. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. There are no useless channels with Sling TV. You pick what you want to pay for, and that's what you get. No long-term contracts. You go month to month. You can cancel at any time. And best of all, there are no hidden fees. What you see on the screen when you sign up for Sling TV is what you will pay. It is great. Check it out, guys. You can get a free seven-day trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. Check it out. See if Sling TV is the right option for you with your television experience, especially as a college sports fan. Once again, go to sling.com slash locked on for a seven-day free trial. Sling.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, as we close out today's show, the BYU women's volleyball team had been playing so well. They'd been undefeated to this point in the season, and last night they go out and lose in straight sets at Loyola Marymount, 25-23, 27-25, 25-20. An off night for Heather Olmstead's team. They'd been so good all year long. They'd had 21 straight uh, sweeps of their own before being swept. Now here's the question. Will the NCAA selection committee, which they'll be selecting the NCAA tournament field this Sunday, November 25th, 
will they knock BYU down because of this loss in the season finale? I'm expecting that they'll be uh, downgraded from the number one spot in the country. They're one of three teams with just one loss on the year. Now 27-1 and on the season, 17-1 and in West Coast Conference play. And they lost, so I wonder if they'll be uh, downgraded in terms of their seeding as a result of this loss. I hope not, because I feel like BYU is still one of the best teams in this country, if not the best. They already took down a number one team in Stanford, who likely could be the number one team when the new rankings come out early next week. But BYU will have to kind of wait it out and see what happens on Sunday with that selection show. And hopefully this loss motivates them to get ready for an NCAA tournament run, and hopefully they can capture a national title. Kind of stunning to see them get swept. They did battle 25-23, 27-25, 25-20. Means BYU was in it, but to see them get swept was kind of rough to, to say the least. We'll see what happens. They'll be in action next Friday, November 30th in the NCAA tournament. But like we said, the details on that will not come out until the selection show on Sunday night. The other game I wanted to tell you about is BYU women's basketball picked up a big road win last night, 62-57 in overtime at Utah State. State, pick up a big in-state rivalry victory. Brenna Chase had a steal, a block, and a three-pointer all in the final minute to help steal the win for the Cougars. So congratulations to the women's team. They're playing better. I think a lot of teams, a lot of people might have expected early this season. I think a lot of people were projecting that BYU uh, might be that might be in for a rebuilding year, and it might end up being that way. They might still struggle here, but to start the season, they've been very good. Uh, BYU will be back in action this. Friday when they take on TCU uh, Friday as part of the SDSU Thanksgiving Classic at Viejas Arena in San Diego. That game will tip off at 8.15 Mountain Time and you can stream it live at gofrogs.com slash HFTV. Hopefully you got that. Gofrogs.com slash HFTV. Best of luck to the women's basketball team as they hit the road for a tournament. All right, that's the show for today. Thanks to Aleva Hifo for joining me on the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the insider knowledge I passed to you about Corbin Kafusi. That's what the show is all about. We're here to bring you all the latest news notes and insider knowledge you can't find anywhere else each and every day. Thanks again to our sponsors, All Guard Pest Control. Give them a call if you have any issues, 801-851-1812. Also, thanks to Sling TV. Get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. We'll be back on Friday. We're taking Thursday off. It's Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Friday getting you ready for a rivalry game, a big preview edition of Locked on Cougars, getting you ready for the Holy War, and that'll be on Friday's edition of the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Enjoy the time with your family and friends. Enjoy some football. Eat a lot of turkey. Take a nap. Play some football. Do whatever you do on Thanksgiving and enjoy it. It should be a blast. I love this holiday, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. This has been Locked on Cougars for November 21st, 2018. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day